His first thought was that he might have wet himself, and he prayed that it was not enough to notice. His next thought was, I'm going to be beaten up. His arms were jerked behind his back and pinioned. Whoever it was, and he sensed there were two of them, they were much bigger than he was. He was swung round, and the hand was removed from his mouth. He screwed up his face, but no blow came. In front of him was a man who, he guessed, was smaller than the one who was still gripping his hands tightly behind his back. The man wore a peaked cap pulled well down, and a scarf pulled well up over the lower part of his face. His deep-set, slightly slanting eyes glittered in the dark, eyes like a fox's. He had a shotgun, but it was not pointed at Paolo. Instead, he held it nonchalantly in the crook of his arm, like a man out shooting birds. But I bet it's loaded, thought Paolo. You, Paolo Grivelli. Paolo nodded. How do you know my name? He wanted to ask, but his mouth was too dry to speak. Attenzione, listen carefully. We're not going to hurt you if you know how to keep quiet, understood? The man who held him jerked Paolo's neck backwards, as though to emphasize this point. Your Signora Crivelli's son? Another nod. We have a message for your mother. My mother? Paolo turned completely cold with terror. What could men like these want with his mother? We need to speak with her. Not at the house. Wait till you're alone with her, and then tell her we're in the area, and we'll be getting in touch. Tomorrow night, if we can. The usual way. Paolo said nothing. Do like we tell you, and if anyone else, anyone, understand, finds out and sticks their nose in, it'll be her that gets trouble. The grip on Paolo's arms tightened. Paolo nodded again. Then, quite suddenly, he was let go. The man who had held him spun him around to face the way home, picked up his bicycle, and thrust it at him. Get going he said, giving him a shove. Without a word, Paolo mounted his bike and forced his trembling legs to carry him away up the hill. He did not look back. He knew that if he did, the road behind him would already be empty. He was still numb with shock when he reached home. He badly wanted to be sick, but first he had to stop his old dog, Guido, from barking. He had remembered to bring a piece of ham bone in his pocket for the purpose. As a guard dog, Guido was a complete failure. He had never been much good at it, and now in old age he had more or less given up trying. But that didn't stop him from barking. Before the war, Paolo's father had had three dogs besides Guido, two fine hunting dogs and another watchdog. But now he had gone away. The family were left with only Guido, and there was hardly enough food even for him. Guido lay chained up in his kennel, dozing. When he heard Paolo coming, he got up, stiff-legged, and came out stretching his front paws and making half-hearted growling noises. Paolo produced the ham bone, and the dog snaffled it eagerly.
then settled down to gnaw it with what remained of his back teeth. Paolo wheeled his bicycle on towards the house, past the barn and the outhouses, and propped it up against the wall next to Maria's, a high, old-fashioned model with two big baskets before and behind. Then he swung himself up onto the lower part of the shed roof. Now for the pantry window. He climbed up to where he had escaped from earlier in the night. He had left the window propped open with a bit of stick, the gap just wide enough for him to get back in again. But, fumbling with exhaustion as he was, he managed to knock the stick and the window slammed shut. There was no-